Onward series we've been doing. And uh, as we have been looking at all these, I've looked and we're within two months of finishing this, aside from our singing nights. Um, but it has been a good series and lessons that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise, but I think it have been a good study for us. Tonight's word begins uh, a new section, and the next few words, I believe the next five, are devoted to salvation and what that really means to us. Tonight's word is justification, and it's one that we don't use as often, uh, maybe, but it is a very important word for us. We understand that justification is required of a, of a Christian in order to have salvation. We must be justified in order to be saved. There's some other similar words that, that we might look at in regard to justification, such as grace, mercy, righteousness, holiness. These we've already studied in this series. Justification, as well as the other words listed, is required of us by God. But it is not something that we can provide for ourselves on our own. We've looked at some other words, and in particularly righteousness. I remember that lesson as being one that, that we really looked at in depth as, as being something that we cannot provide for ourselves. We need to be righteous before God, but we cannot wear righteousness because of anything that we have done. There's nothing that I can do to earn righteousness. And so the righteousness that I'm clothed in, the righteousness that I wear, is through Christ. It's His righteousness that I wear. Uh, the song that we sing ever so often, My hope is built on nothing less. There's a line in that song that says, Dressed in His righteousness. And just as we would be dressed or clothed in His righteousness, and we cannot be clothed in our own righteousness because there's nothing in our lives that is righteous, really. The same it is with justification. And justification is something that we wear not because we have done anything to earn justification, but it is through Christ and through His blood that we obtain justification in the Lord. Our lesson objectives for tonight are to learn what justification is and what it means to the Christian and also to learn how justification is provided for us since it is not something that we can provide for ourselves. As we look at justification, as we begin, um, it seems like most of these lessons begin with uh, defining this uh, type setting and so that's exactly what we're going to do defining justification what is justification how would we define justification some of the words that are used there's uh, one Greek word in particular <clears throat> and there are several different versions of that word several different ways that it is presented but the word is I'm not even going to try to pronounce it really <clears throat> But it is D-I-K-A-I-O-S. And as an adjective, it means right in relation to a standard. It is just and fair. The same word, same spelling as an adverb is defined as justly, correctly, uprightly. 
the noun form of this word, justice, righteousness, uprightness. The verb form, to vindicate by granting a favorable verdict. And another noun form, justification, vindication, acquittal. Another way that this is defined as an act by which a person is declared to be righteous. And my favorite, whenever we look at justification, I always think of of this way of putting it. I don't know who originated it, but just what the word says. When we look at justified, just as if I'd never sinned. And there's a song that that puts those words to music. But whenever we look at justification, that's how we would define it. Those are some of the words that we would use to define what justification is. Now as we look at justification, it's hard not to look at it in reference to grace and and some other words as well. But turn with me to Romans chapter 3 and verses 21 through 26. Romans 3 and beginning with verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I want to take note of of several of the key words that are found in these verses. Words that that very much so tie into one another in one way or another. We have the word righteousness, propitiation, justified, grace, redemption, and faith. It's tied into all of these. Now as we look at at these verses, we see how justification is used. Verse 24 says that we are justified by grace through redemption in Christ Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Grace is given to us as a gift from God. Though we deserve punishment for our sins, God gives us grace, blessing us despite our sins. Grace is the granting of more than we deserve. Whenever we look at at justice, we think of getting what we deserve. Mercy does not grant us what we deserve, but grace gives us more than what we deserve. And so we see grace is used here. Grace gives us justification, making us sinless before God. 
Redemption as well as justification is found in the blood of Christ. And Christ is referred to here as the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It is through our faith that we are justified. Without the grace of God, we must understand that justification is not possible. Without the grace of God, justification is not possible. We might ask, who is in need of justification? Let's look at a parable, Luke 18, and beginning with verse 9. Luke 18, and beginning with verse 9. And here we read the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous. And we see the problem there. The ones that Jesus was speaking to, they thought that they were righteous in and of themselves. And so he shares this parable. Verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. In verse 13, And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now again, remember our audience. Jesus is speaking to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Pharisees, we see them as highly respected leaders of the Jewish custom. They knew the law and they were the ones that would tell the people what the law was and whether or not they were obeying the law. But we also see that there was wrong in the Pharisees too. They saw themselves as righteous. They were the ones that despised others. The Pharisee in the parable thanked God that he was not like other men. And the tax collector instead prayed for mercy for his sins. And only one went home justified. And it wasn't the Pharisee. It wasn't the one who saw himself as just or justified in the eyes of God. It wasn't the one that saw himself as righteous. But the one who was actually justified was the one who recognized his sin. The one who admitted to his sin and asked God for mercy. 
Now as we look at this parable, was the Pharisee not in need of justification? Is that the reason that he went down to his house? Not justified because he didn't need it. No, that's not the case. The Pharisee thought he was just, but he lacked humility. It wasn't that he did not need justification, but that he did not seek justification. He certainly did not seek it from the right place, from God. Remember that we cannot provide justification through self. It's not by anything that we do that we can obtain justification. It is only by the righteousness of God. The righteousness of Christ and His sacrifice for us. But if grace is a gift and justification comes through grace, is there nothing for man to do to provide for himself justification? Again, we can't provide it for ourselves on our own uh, way, on our own path. But it is provided for us. We have many examples of those who were justified, but were also required to do something as well. We understand that salvation comes through obedience. Mark 16 and verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. He who believes must also be baptized in order to be saved. Acts 2 verses 38 and 39. What Peter told the Jews on the day of Pentecost. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. In order to obtain the remission of sins, you must also repent. You must also be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And upon receiving the remission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Would the Jews on the day of Pentecost have been justified without obedience? Certainly not. There was something that they must do. 1 Peter 3 verses 20 and 21 When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Obedience to God's word gives us salvation. Would Noah have been justified without his obedience? Can we be justified without the very act that grants us salvation? Baptism. We understand that there is something that we must do. We must be obedient to God in order to be justified in His sight. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But justification comes to us when sin is atoned for by a comparable sacrifice. And the only sacrifice that could take away sin was the one who was without sin. In Hebrews 4 verse 15 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was the atoning sacrifice that provided us with justification in the eyes of God. Isaiah 53 and verse 11, uh, foreseeing this, uh, foretelling what was to come, says this, of who we know to be Jesus. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Christ offered himself as the perfect sacrifice. He was the only sacrifice that could atone for our sins because he lived a perfect life on earth. And through his righteousness, we are able to obtain righteousness as well. Justification in the eyes of God. But let's look at a couple of biblical examples as we look at Abraham, we see that Abraham was justified by his faith. Turn with me to Romans chapter 4 and let's pick up reading with verse 13. Romans 4 and verse 13. Romans 4 and verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath for where there is no law there is no transgression. Verse 16 Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed not only to those who are of the law but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that, he, that what he had promised he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham was not justified by his works. Romans 4 verses 1 through 4, the beginning of the chapter. What then shall we say that Abraham our father was, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works... The wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. 
So Abraham was not justified by his works. He was instead justified by faith in God to perform what he had promised. And of course God was faithful to his promises. It was not by his own works so that he would have reason to boast. It was not by anything that he had done that he obtained justification. We go back to Noah in 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 that we read a moment ago. Noah was also justified by his faith in God. But his faith required obedience. His faith required obedience but justification came through his faith. Now is this a contradiction? Because as we, we've been looking at this, we see that, that we cannot be saved without doing something. By faith we must also obey. That's what we talk about when we get into uh, what we must do to be saved. Namely in baptism for the remission of sins. But we're not justified by our works. We're justified by faith, right? Turn with me to James chapter 2. And let's look together at verses 14 through 26. James 2 verses 14 through 26. Now these individuals were justified by their faith, we understand that faith also requires obedience. James 2, verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O oh foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. There are many that are led astray by false teachers into believing that, that nothing is required for salvation. And they'll use passages such as the ones that we, we read earlier, and especially that of uh, maybe Romans 4. Abraham wasn't justified by works, lest he should boast, but by his faith. But as we read in James chapter 2, 
Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. How do we reconcile these passages? Abraham's faith required works of obedience. Abraham was not justified by works of merit, but by works of obedience. When he believed God, and when he did what God wanted him to do, that's when he was justified. Rahab is also mentioned in this passage. Rahab was justified also by works. But works of obedience. So again, looking at, at these passages, Abraham was justified by his faith, not by works, according to Paul. Romans 4. But Abraham could not be justified without works, according to James, in James chapter 2. You see, there's a difference in works, isn't there? And that's where a lot of people are led astray. They, they don't understand the difference between the works that are spoken of. You see, one who does not understand the difference between works of merit and works of obedience will fail to understand justification, at least from a biblical point of view. There's a difference in the types of works that are mentioned here. Yes, Abraham was justified by faith, not by works of merit. Yet his works of obedience brought to him justification in the eyes of God. And so it was with Noah. And so it was with Rahab. And so it was with any person of faith that we read about in Scripture. But we must see the difference in works of merit. Works of things that, that I could boast of, that I could, could boast in. There's nothing that I have done on earth that I can boast in. But we do have works of obedience. And works of obedience are required of each of us in order for us to be saved. And by our works of obedience, we are justified in the eyes of God through our faith. Justification gives us reason for rejoicing. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Romans 5, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Again, as we, we did toward the beginning of our lesson, let's look at our key words in this verse, or these verses, justified, faith, grace. Grace comes to us by faith. We are justified by faith. Faith in the one who shed his blood for our sins. Peace and hope come through this faith in Christ as our Savior. By faith, yes, 
There are things that we must do in order to be saved. Works of obedience and not merit. Works that we cannot boast in because there's nothing in them to boast of. By faith, we must repent, confess our faith in Christ, and be baptized for the remission of sins. In order to continue in this justification, we must also remain faithful to God throughout our lives. Now maybe it is that, that someone here has not obeyed. Maybe it is that someone here has not remained faithful. We always offer the invitation for any who may be in need of, of responding. You never know the hearts of those that are here. But if you have any need whatsoever, if there's anything that stands between you and Christ, we give you the opportunity to respond as together we stand and as we sing.